Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. Christmas is here, bringing good cheer to young and old, meek and the poor. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. That is their song, with joyful ring, all caroling. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how they pump, raising the sound, oh, hill and down, telling the tale. Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm glad to be back in the studio with you again. Merry Christmas! It is exciting to be celebrating Christ's birth again. It is one of my favorite times of the year, and it is something that we can know is true. We can know that Jesus really lived on this earth, that he really did the things the Bible talks about, that he really did die for our sins, and that he did rise again. You know, the historical credibility of God's word and the accounts that we celebrate this Christmas is solid. And that means we can celebrate true hope that no one else in this world has. You know, there have been many other religions and many religious leaders, and all of them gave some sort of uh, hope that they claimed was true about eternity in some sense or another. Yet all except one of them is dead. (laughs) There's one religious figure that has lived and promised eternal life, that actually proved he had the power to back that up by conquering death himself. And that one person is Jesus. You know, sometimes people say, how do you know which religion is true? How do you know which religion to pick? Well, there's only one that's even in the running, as far as I'm considered. The rest of them have dead founders. So that kind of uh, makes them not worth following right from the start. But in Christianity, we have a living founder a God who came to this earth, who lived a perfect sinless life, who did things that nobody else has ever done, who taught things that changed the entire trajectory of human history, and who died for our sins and rose again and promised eternal life to everyone who believes in him. And that is something worth celebrating this Christmas. Now, if you've driven much down I-25 here in Albuquerque and probably throughout the rest of the country, you've probably seen signs, obnoxious signs, billboards that were put up by the American atheists saying things like, quit going to church, it's all fake news. In fact, there was one right here off I-25 that said just that and had a picture of Jesus and uh, the manger scene that is so common this time of year celebrating Christmas. And I drive by that and it enrages me because this is not fake news. And I think they know that it's going to get a kind of emotional response like that, and that's why they do it. But it's absolute nonsense. In fact, the historical evidence for Christmas is overwhelming. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. On that note, I hope you enjoyed the last couple weeks hearing from doctors Gary Habermas and Craig Blomberg, world-renowned experts on the evidence for Christmas. 
You know, Scripture says in Psalm 14, 1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And that really is true. The American atheists that try to say that Christianity is fake news, and specifically that what we celebrate this Christmas season is fake news, is absolutely crazy. The atheists are dead wrong in this. That billboard is fake news. It's what philosophers call poisoning the well. They're not dealing with any evidence. They're not describing why we are wrong. They're simply telling you something crazy like it's all fake news, knowing that you'll think fake news is bad, therefore I'm rejecting all this. It's called poisoning the well. It's a logical fallacy, and it doesn't work. You can rest assured that our celebration of Christmas is based in historical fact. Again, go back to the last couple weeks with Habermas and Blomberg for more on the evidence for Christmas. And you can get those interviews and all of our shows at GodSolutionShow.com. But the bottom line is that the good news is not fake news. Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection are facts of history. And because of that, we have real, authentic hope. Christmas is a historical fact. Atheism is the real fake news. Atheism is an absolute negation, something that is a logical fallacy. So if you're looking for fake news, atheism is the epitome of fake news. It's a logical fallacy. There is no evidence for God's non-existence. And metaphysical naturalism is untenable. You could not find a way to prove the non-existence of God or the non-existence of a spiritual reality. Anyway, we can be sure that what we believe is true and that it is worth following. Today I want to talk about five reasons that you can be sure that Christmas is based in historical fact. The five reasons I want to share go something like this. Number one, the prophetic setup. We'll talk about the prophecy that led up to Christmas and that first Christmas Eve and all that was entailed in what happened that day. Next, we're going to look at the historical evidence, both from non-Christian and Christian sources. Next, we're going to look at the inability of skeptics to refute it. That's a strong evidence for the historicity of Christmas. Fourth, we're going to look at the consensus of scholars today. And fifth, we're going to look at something a little more powerful, the evidence of billions of changed lives. Billions of people have been changed by what we celebrate this Christmas, and that's powerful evidence. So let's look first at the prophetic setup. What was the prophecy that led up to that first Christmas? Well, 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 16, Jeremiah 23, verse 5, and Psalm 89, 3 through 4, all predicted that Jesus would be a descendant of David. This was no accident. The family lines that are recorded in both Matthew and Luke for both Joseph and Mary describe that both of the parents of Jesus hailed from David, something that was prophesied in Scripture and was no accident. Daniel 9, 24 through 27 prophesied the exact time of Jesus' arrival. Again, the year that he was born, the time of year that he was born, none of that was an accident. It was all foretold. In Isaiah 7, 14, we're told that Jesus would be born of a virgin, the Virgin Mary, something that was prophesied and came true. In Micah 5, 1 through 2, we were even told where Jesus would be born, that he'd be born in Bethlehem. I've been to the very spot that he was born in. Isaiah 40, verse 3, and Malachi 3, 1, predicted that he would be preceded by John the Baptist, something that's recorded in Scripture and was absolutely fulfilled. 
Isaiah 35, 5 through 6 prophesied that Jesus would do miracles. Psalm 22, 16, Isaiah 53, and Zechariah 12, 10 all foretold Jesus' death by crucifixion. Psalm 16, 10, Isaiah 53, 10 through 11, and John 2, 18 through 22 all predicted Jesus' resurrection from the dead. You know, there are more than 100 other messianic prophecies, but the bottom line is Christmas isn't just something that happened and people came up with a story afterwards to describe what happened. It is something that was foretold millennia before it occurred. Next, we have the historical evidence. And like I said, we're going to look at both the non-Christian extra-biblical corroboration for what we celebrate this season, but we're also going to look at the Christian evidence for uh, Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection. Ryan Turner describes the evidence for Tiberius Caesar in a great page at the Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry website, carm.org. And in that, he talks about 10 historical references to Tiberius Caesar from within 150 years of his life. The reason this is important is Tiberius Caesar ruled the known world of Jesus' day. In other words, there was no bigger person alive during Jesus' lifetime. And that person, the Caesar who ruled the world of Jesus' time, Tiberius Caesar, has about 10 historical references from the first 150 years after his life. One of those is Luke writing in the New Testament. So if you take away the Christian sources, which is what we'll do when we compare the evidence with Jesus' evidence, and look just at the non-Christian secular uh, historical references, that leaves nine non-Christian historical references to Tiberius Caesar from 150 years after his life, from the first 150 years after his life. Interestingly, there are nine for Jesus as well. In other words, if you take away all the Christian historical references to Christ, including all the biblical historical references to Christ, you're left with as many historical references to Christ as there are to Tiberius Caesar, who ruled the, ruled the world of his day. This is incredible. J. Warner Wallace describes some of those. Phlegon is also mentioned by Julius Africanus, and he wrote a chronicle of history around 140 AD. He said that Jesus had the ability to accurately predict the future, that he was crucified under the reign of Tiberius, and that he demonstrated his wounds to his followers after he was resurrected. Pretty powerful extra-biblical corroboration of what we read in the scriptures. Thallus writes that there was an earthquake and darkness at the point of Jesus' crucifixion. Tacitus was a senator under Emperor Vespasian and proconsul of Asia, and he wrote that Jesus lived in Judea, was crucified under Pontius Pilate, and that his followers were persecuted for their faith. Marabar Serapion said that Jesus was a wise and influential man who died for his beliefs, that the Jewish leadership was responsible for his death, and that Jesus' followers adopted his beliefs and lived their lives accordingly. Pliny the Younger, in a letter to the Roman Emperor Trajan, wrote that the first Christians believed Jesus was God, that the first Christians upheld the high moral code, and that these early followers met regularly to worship Jesus. Suetonius was a Roman historian and analyst of the imperial house under the Emperor Hadrian, and he wrote that the Christians were committed to their belief that Jesus was God and withstood the torment and punishment of the Roman Empire, and he also wrote that Jesus had a curious and immediate impact on his followers, empowering them to die courageously for what they knew was true. Lucian of Samosata was a Greek satirist, 
And he wrote that Jesus taught about repentance and about the family of God, that these teachings were quickly adopted by his followers and exhibited to the world around them. Celsus wrote that Jesus had an earthly father who was a carpenter, possessed magical powers, and claimed to be God. Again, corroborating many of the things we see right in the New Testament. Josephus, of course, the famous first century historian, wrote many things about Jesus, including that he lived in Palestine, that he was a wise man and teacher, and that he worked amazing deeds, and that he was accused by the Jews, crucified under Pilate, and that his followers were called Christians. You can see right there the wealth of historical evidence for Jesus outside of the Bible is identical to the wealth of historical evidence even for the most recognizable and prominent person of Jesus' day. Jesus is just as well attested by non-Christian sources as the world's ruler of his time. Now, if you include the Christian historical references, which we will because you can't write them off, there are four times as many historical references to Jesus as there were to Tiberius Caesar. Uh, Let's look at a few of those. One, the reliability of the biblical accounts. Uh, Right from the beginning, there were four Gospels, and there were no more. All the Gnostic Gospels and things like that came much, much later than the Gospels we see in Scripture. And those Gospels are early, accurate testimony about Jesus. In fact, there's even a fragment from Mark that they believe will date to the first century, even as early as A.D. 70, that should be coming out any time now. They've been researching this thing for many years to pinpoint exactly its uh, authorship date. Anyway, the four Gospels we have in the New Testament are the four original Gospels, and they tell an accurate story about Jesus. Luke was a meticulous historian, and Dr. Craig Keener has written his four-volume commentary on Luke's Acts, and in there he mentions that wherever Luke can be tested, he is 100% accurate. So to give you some perspective here, Luke says things. He uses phrases. He talks about cities. He talks about rulers. He talks about events. Every single one of them that can be tested by archaeology is accurate. There's not one time where Luke gets something wrong. That being said, Luke tells us about Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection, and he also tells us about his birth, what we celebrate this Christmas. That is an example of the historical reliability of the biblical accounts. You know, we've talked on this show before with uh, Dr. Richard Bauckham about his book, Jesus and Eyewitnesses. And what we see is that right in Scripture, we have eyewitness testimony of Jesus. We are not talking about myth here. We are not talking about fake news here. We are talking about authentic eyewitness testimony and authentic history. So the bottom line is that the historical reliability of what we celebrate this season is irrefutable. If you look at the extra-biblical accounts from antiquity, there are just as many historical references to Jesus outside of Scripture as there are to the person who ruled the world of Jesus' day, Tiberius Caesar. And then if you add the Christian historical references, there are four times as many historical evidences for Jesus than for Tiberius Caesar. And the Christian sources are irrefutably accurate. What we see here is incredible historical evidence for Jesus. 
and the fact that what we celebrate is no fake news like the American atheists might claim. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution. You can find out more about The God Solution at godsolutionshow.com. Merry Christmas! Today we're talking about the historical evidence for Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection, and why we can be confident of what we celebrate this Christmas. We've talked so far about two reasons that we can be confident of what we celebrate. First of all, we talked about the prophetic setup that prophecy came before Jesus telling us to expect his arrival. Next, we talked about the history that confirms everything that we celebrate this season. Third, I want to talk about the inability of the skeptics to refute it. See, the American atheists like to make charges against us, like, don't believe it, it's all fake news, but they don't back that up with actual scholarship to refute it. See, skeptics haven't been very successful at refuting the evidence for Jesus or his life, ministry, death, or resurrection. That's why they often revert to cheap tricks and logical fallacies like poisoning the well. Again, that's what they're doing with billboards like that. They're just poisoning the well. It's a logical fallacy. They're trying to say, hey, if you believe in Jesus, you're a stupid idiot. So without even looking at the evidence, people go, oh, I don't want to believe in Jesus because I don't want to be a stupid idiot. It's called poisoning the well. It's a logical fallacy. So they revert to things like that because they don't have the ability to refute what we celebrate this season. No legitimate skeptic alive is even trying to refute the existence of Jesus. The people trying to refute the existence of Jesus are the internet atheists, people that even legitimate scholarly atheists would tell you never to listen to. There are some skeptics doing their best to refute the evidence for different details of our faith, the deity of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, things like that. But none of them would go so far as to say Jesus didn't exist, and they would be quick to criticize those that do say Jesus didn't exist. At the end of the day, skeptics and atheists are unable to refute Jesus's existence, and the inability of the skeptics to refute it is strong evidence for what we celebrate this season. Number four, kind of dovetailing with that, I want to talk about the consensus of scholars today. You know, the people that don't believe that Jesus existed are called mythicists by the scholarly community, and the mythicists are crashing and burning. They are the laughing stock even of secular scholarship. Please quit listening to the internet atheists. I want to beg you to quit listening to them. I spoke with a student last week, and the poor guy had been filled with all sorts of doubt because he'd been listening to some internet atheists on YouTube. And I encouraged him, that's not where to go for legitimate scholarship. The consensus of scholars today is that Jesus is a historical figure and that that is an irrefutable fact. There was one gay history professor at a campus that I used to work at who was not a Christian and uh, told his class that if you wanted to reject the New Testament, you had to throw out all human history through the Middle Ages. I approached him and said, thank you for being so honest with your students, because one of his students was a guy that I was meeting with, and he repeated to me what he'd heard in class. And this professor, even though he was not a Christian in any sense of the word, he said, well, there's nothing to thank me for. I'm just telling it like it is. The historical facts are the historical facts. 
I agree with him, and I respect him for his integrity in sharing that. But the reality today is that there is a consensus among scholars that Jesus really did live on this planet. No, no real scholar refutes that. Additionally, there's consensus on many of the features that make Jesus so important to us. His resurrection. You know, 85 plus percent of all scholars agree that Jesus died by Roman crucifixion, that he was buried in a private tomb, that his disciples were initially discouraged, that his tomb was found empty shortly after his burial, that the disciples and numerous others were convinced they saw the risen Christ, that their lives were completely transformed, even to the point of being willing to die and to be martyred for their faith, that the story of the resurrection took place even the year that it happened, that their testimony and preaching took place in Jerusalem, that was the one place that the story could have been refuted, that the Christian faith was based on the resurrection from the beginning and it grew based on that, that Sunday became the day of worship because of the resurrection happening on that day, and that skeptics like James, Jesus' brother, and even Saul who persecuted Christians came to faith in Christ because they saw the risen Christ. If you look at those 12 facts that Gary Habermas has grouped together and called the minimal facts, you can argue convincingly that Jesus rose from the dead and that there is no other explanation for those facts. So there is a scholarly consensus, not only that Jesus actually lived here on this planet and did the things that the Bible says he did, but even that he rose from death, the core foundational principle of Christianity, the thing that makes Christmas worth celebrating. Guys, we can know that Jesus really did walk this earth, that he really did the things the Bible says, that he really did die for our sins, and that he really did rise again, promising everlasting life to all who believe in him. The fifth evidence that I want to share for Christmas this morning is the changed lives of billions of Christians throughout the ages. Jesus has changed my life. Before I knew Jesus as a young child, I remember having a lot of fear. Even though I was a young child, I remember having a lot of fear, depression, and doubt. There were certain things happening in my family that I think were leading to some of those feelings, but they were very real. I also heard that Jesus loved me, and that changed my life even at a young age. I heard that he died on the cross for my sins, and I knew I was a sinner. I heard that he rose again to give me eternal life, and I wanted life after death. I heard that if I believed in him, I could have it. So at a very young age, I believed in Jesus, and he changed me. He took my fear, and he replaced it with boldness. He took uh, that depression that I remember feeling, and he replaced it with joy, and he took my doubt, and he replaced it with confidence. He really did change my life forever, and I've never been the same since that day when I was about five years old and I made that decision. I've seen him do that for countless other people as well. And the evidence of changed lives is evidence that we celebrate something true and real every Christmas. So those are some good evidences that what we're celebrating this Christmas is actually a fact. The prophetic setup for it, the historical evidence for it, the inability of the skeptics to refute it, the consensus of scholars today, and the evidence of billions of changed lives. I wanted to talk about a common but weak objection, and that's that December 25th isn't when Jesus was really born. It was just a pagan holiday. Well, December 25th may or may not be the actual day that Jesus was born. 
I don't know a Christian that celebrates it because they believe that's the actual day. We could pick any day to celebrate something. My brother is adopted, and he was adopted from the streets of Columbia, and nobody has a record of the day that he was born. So when we adopted him, we picked a birth date. That day ever since has been the day that we celebrate his birth. I don't know if it's the actual day he was born. It doesn't matter. It's the day we celebrate his birth, and that's what's important. You know, the winter solstice of December 21st or different other Roman traditions happened in the general vicinity of the 25th. That doesn't make it any less important that we celebrate Christmas or that we celebrate it on the 25th. We can celebrate Jesus' birth whenever. The importance is that we're celebrating him this season, not the 25th of December. It was first celebrated then under Constantine, and it's been celebrated then by most Christians ever since, even though some Christians have celebrated his birth at other dates. What matters is that he was born, that he did live on this earth, that he did the things the Bible says he did, that he died for our sins, and he rose again, and that is worth celebrating, whether it's on the 25th or any other day. So even though the 25th may or may not be the exact day he was born, what we celebrate on the 25th is without question a fact of history. So, 10 reasons atheists should trust in Jesus. I want to turn this around. Because even though there's a billboard that says it's all fake news talking about us, there's another one I saw that said, beyond a reasonable doubt, Jesus is alive. And that is true. I want to give the atheists that might be listening this morning 10 good reasons to reject their atheism. Again, it's a logical fallacy. That should be enough evidence to reject it. But I want to give our atheists 10 good reasons that they should leave atheism and follow Christ this Christmas. Number 10. They have no better option. Like I said at the start of the show, there's no other hope of eternal life. Number nine, they'll have the help to become the person they know they should be. Again, there are billions of people that have been changed by Jesus Christ. Number eight, they'll find the forgiveness they're looking for. I know everyone has regrets that they're looking for forgiveness for, and true forgiveness can be found in Jesus. Number seven, they'll experience true peace, something that does not happen outside of Christ in this chaotic world. Number six, they'll find true answers to life's biggest questions, those existential questions that are unanswerable within the atheistic paradigm. Number five, they'll find true fulfillment in Jesus. Atheism and metaphysical naturalism could never even come close to the fulfillment that we find in Jesus, a life of meaning and purpose that we find in him. Number four, they'll find a hope that nothing can ever take away from them. Number three, they'll experience a love that they've always longed for. Number two, they'll be confident that they can have eternal life because Jesus proved that he had power over death and he promised it to all those who believe in him. And the number one reason our atheist friends should follow Jesus this Christmas is they'll actually be following the truth, not fake news. Like I've said previously, atheism is a logical fallacy, but Jesus is based solidly in history. He is no fake news. Guys, the good news is not fake news. Atheism, it turns out, is. And even though we're not putting up billboards about atheists believing fake news, I think that uh, the atheists would do well to realize that and put their faith and trust in Jesus. So five reasons that you can be sure Christmas is based in historical fact. The prophetic setup, the prophecy that led up to it, the historical evidence, the inability of skeptics to refute it, the consensus of scholars today, and the evidence of billions of changed lives.
Listen, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I can't think of a better way to celebrate Christmas. Believe in him today. Tell him, Jesus, I believe in you, that you are who you say you are, that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. Please be my Savior and Lord. Go to GodSolutionShow.com for all of our past shows and to hear this show and our past interviews with people like Dr. Gary Habermas and Craig Blomberg, who talked recently about the evidence for Christmas. And have a wonderful time celebrating Christmas this Christmas season, knowing that you're celebrating a historical fact, not something that the atheists would call fake news. You can be sure that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what the Bible says he did, that he died for your sins, and that he rose again as you celebrate this Christmas. Merry Christmas. I hope you enjoy your time with friends and family this Christmas. Like I always say, an open mind, honest heart, humble disposition, and diligent search always lead to Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas.